This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are talking all about self-care. But we're not talking about self-care in the same way you've probably heard or spoken about it in the past. We're going to be speaking about it on a slightly different angle, looking at, is your self-care routine just making you more miserable? As usual, I would love to know where you are and what you're doing as you listen to this episode. So take a quick picture of where you're at right now and tag me on Instagram at Victoria Sardain. I would love to see. Enjoy. Welcome to the Victoria Sardain podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Hey guys, today we are digging into the topic of self-care. However, we are going to be speaking about this from a slightly different angle. As usual, if you've ever listened to my podcast episodes before, or you know anything about me, you know that I like to always look at things on both sides of the coin. I'm a big believer in that. Self-care is something we are hearing so much about lately. Everybody has some type of specific self-care routine that they do and why, and this is the best way and all of that. However, we're going to be looking at it from both sides. We're going to be looking at it from, of course, why self-care might be important, why it's become such a trend, why it's something that we speak about so much, but then also the potential dangers of it. And the ways in which our self-care routine could be making us simply more miserable. So in order to start, let's look first of all at why self-care has become such a trend. Why is it something that has come up so much? And why is it something that we are all either doing or attempting to do? Well, self-care in general really originates from this idea that you cannot tend to others unless you tend to yourself first. You can't pour out from an empty cup, and we have all heard that, right? It's about putting your own health and well-being first without feeling guilty about it. And the actual origins of self-care, which I'm not going to go into a full history class right now, but doing some research, I actually find it quite interesting how, although it originated from more the medical practice and encouraging people to actually take care of their own health and take a proactive stance of their own health, it was really brought forth from the Black Panther movement. So it actually really entered our culture more from activist movements. And it's interesting because although we see self-care nowadays as a very kind of soft practice of pampering yourself. You're probably imagining nail painting and putting face masks on and taking a bath and all of that. What it really comes down to, it's actually more this idea of putting your foot down to a certain extent of deciding to put certain expectations aside, expectations that are laid on you and actually being able to say no. And the reason why I believe the self-care movement has really become what it is, is because it caters to those who struggle to say no. And a lot of us are in this position where we're always saying yes to everybody else and we're rarely saying yes to ourselves. And women in general tend to fall into this category. And I say women in general because women are more likely to have the personality trait of agreeableness, which is one of the big five personality traits. And statistically, 
women have more of this trait. And when you think about agreeableness, it's about getting along well with other people, but on a more extreme sense, it could also mean being slightly stepped on. It can mean that we struggle to stand up for ourselves. It can mean that we're more likely to fall subject to expectations or to other people's wants and needs rather than our own. And of course, there are some that might say that this is because you know society has bred women to be like this. Personally, I see it from more of a biological side of view. So if we're thinking about hunter-gatherers, of course, women in the tribe were the ones to take care of the community. So through the process of evolution, women have probably become better at being agreeable, of getting along with people, and in order to get along well with people, we know that we sometimes have to put their needs first. So this is potentially why women fall more into this category. But regardless, of course, that is a generalization to some extent, and it can be very related to personality type as well. And this also relates to the position of the savior. So another reason why I believe that the self-care movement has really come about is because it gives an out to those who have always been the savior in their families, in their relationships, with their friends, with their surroundings and their community. If you are one to have always taken the position of the savior, and I have an entire podcast episode all about this, so if you have not listened to it yet, then I will link it in the show notes below. But the one who always takes the position of the savior is naturally always stepping in to help. And the danger with this position is that we see it as something incredibly virtuous, as something incredibly morally respectable, something we might aim or strive to be. Therefore, when we find ourselves in the position of the savior, it's very hard to pull ourselves out because we see it as something positive, even though it might be something that's eating us up inside because we're constantly out to save others and forgetting about ourselves. So this is where I see this self-care movement growing from. If you feel like you're the kind of person who's always putting other people first, who's always trying to save others, who's always potentially getting stepped on or changing your own attitude and behaviors in order to be in line with other people's expectations, then self-care gives you this quote-unquote permission to say no, to draw boundaries, to put yourself first, to say, actually, you know what, tonight I'm gonna shut off my email, doesn't matter if something urgent comes through, I need to take time for myself. And this is why it's been something that's incredibly positive, and it's been something that has probably helped a lot of people to have that quote-unquote permission to draw those boundaries. So an example would be with a client of mine, we were discussing about how she was going through a really hard time of loss with her family. And this was very difficult for all members of her family. And she was naturally the one who always took the role of the savior. So during a moment of hardship, naturally, she fell back into this role of really always being there to help everyone and to save everyone, especially during this difficult time. The problem with this is that over time, the more she was always helping, always there, always available, she started feeling this building up resentment. And it's dangerous because ultimately she stepped in because she wanted to help her family. She wanted to be there to support them. She wanted to make this moment of turbulence a little bit easier for everybody else. But because she was constantly forgetting about herself, this resentment was creeping up and creeping up, and it ended up being resentment against the people that she wanted to save in the first place. So that's where it can be very dangerous. You can end up resenting those that you're actually trying to help. 
And that's where we really spoke together about this idea of self-care, about what do boundaries look like? What is an acceptable amount of time to be spending helping your family? And what is an acceptable amount of time for you to be taking a step back and to be focusing a little bit more on yourself? And what does time for yourself look like? And I mentioned previously this idea of, of face masks and candles in the bath, but it doesn't have to be that at all. For her, it was really about taking time to actually focus on her work, to be able to say no to her family so that she could actually focus on her own objectives, on growing her own career, and also about taking time that was neither work nor family. Otherwise, she was constantly falling in obligation, really being able to say, okay, you know what, actually, I need to make sure that I have one hour a week where I'm in nature doing nothing. No phone, no obligations, no computer. It's just really me time. And the reason why that is so important is not only because, as I said, it can avoid this growing feeling of resentment, which is dangerous and we don't want to fall into, but it really gives us a feeling of control and agency over our life. And I always hesitate to use the word control because it has a bit of a bad rep, but I think that having control over our life is a really basic human need. So it can increase this feeling of control. It can make us feel like we are back in the driver's seat. So as I said, if you're really the kind of person that's always putting others first, then to some extent you might start feeling like other people are the ones driving your life. Other people are the ones deciding where you'll be, when, and how you're going to do this, that, or act because you're responding to their expectations. But when you decide, this is what I'm going to be doing, then that brings back that feeling of control of agency and you can feel like you're back in the driver's seat of your life. Another way in which having some self-care routines can be incredibly important is that it can increase the feeling of order. So if you are currently going through a moment of intense chaos, where everything feels like it's completely out of your control, everything feels incredibly unknown and uncertain. Let's say you're having a really challenging time at work with a lot of new responsibilities and a lot of new projects. At the same time, your relationship is falling apart. At the same time, your family's going through big struggles. It might feel like you are genuinely falling into the depths of chaos because everything feels incredibly messy, uncertain, chaotic. And I have an entire podcast episode as well about the chaos order balance. So if you haven't listened to that, I will also put that in the show notes below. But having a self-care routine of some kind can really increase our feeling of order in our life. So it can make us feel like we have a certain structure. It can make us feel like you know what, I have no idea how long my relationship is going to last, or I have no idea how long I'm actually going to be able to put up with this job, but at least I know that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to take 15 minutes to sit in silence and do my meditation. It gives us something to hold on to. It gives us something to anchor onto, and it gives us a little bit of that order amidst the chaos. So that's why I believe that the self-care movement has really taken off. It's because it's really given those of us who feel like we're always putting ourselves last a permission, a reason to be able to say no without necessarily feeling like we're being egotistical. So in the past, saying yes to everybody else and saying no to ourselves has always been the only way and the better way. And the self-care movement has stepped in and said, actually, it's important to take care of yourself as well. 
it's important to take time in order to have that increased sense of control and agency over your life, to avoid any building resentment, and to bring in more order if you are currently amidst a time of chaos. So with that being said, the title of this podcast is, Is Your Self-Care Routine Just Making You More Miserable? And it's a really important topic because although there are lots of positives and it's completely understandable why the self-care movement has exploded the way that it has, I've also seen a lot of my clients, my friends, and people I don't know on the internet actually misuse this idea of self-care and it potentially being something that actually brings them down even more. So I want to touch on a few of those points because I really hope that some of these might resonate with you, might turn some light bulbs on, and might bring some clarity as to why maybe what we think is doing ourselves good is actually doing us a disservice. So of course self-care is aimed at essentially doing something good for ourselves, right? But the biggest danger is that as humans, we actually really struggle to know what would actually do us good. So we think we're doing something good for ourselves, calling it self-care, but it's very easy to use self-care as a bit of a buzzword, as a replacement for essentially indulging in instant gratification. So if we're telling ourselves, okay, my inbox is starting to stress me out, I'm gonna close my laptop and binge watch TV and call it self-care, you know what, maybe it's self-care, but maybe it's also avoidance mentality. And this might not be a very popular opinion, but I really want to bring it out there because I think it's incredibly important. And I think many of us might be calling self-care what is essentially instant gratification, feeding into the easiest thing for right now, but is not actually something that would serve us in the long run. Another danger of maybe misunderstanding or misusing self-care is that it can also be another reason for us to stay in our comfort zone. So an example would be, let's say a friend of yours has invited you to a gathering or a dinner with a big group of people that she really thinks you get along with and they might even be able to help you, I don't know, find a new job or create a new community. And she's invited you along, but you're not very comfortable in social situations where you don't know a lot of people and you're a bit nervous about it. So you've decided to call it a self-care evening to cancel without feeling guilty and to have yourself a nice bath, listen to some music. And maybe, yes, that bath and that music makes you feel really good, but is it just staying in your comfort zone and avoiding being in a position that could actually bring you a lot of growth? And this is another area in which I think self-care can be very dangerous or what we know is self-care to be dangerous because it could potentially promote self-isolation and passivity. And I've seen this over and over again, especially with lockdowns. So when we're finding ourselves in a routine of self-isolation and passivity, as lockdowns tend to do, well, it's easier to stay in that than it is to get out. So we might find ourselves in a routine of being a bit isolated, 
of taking a very passive stance to our life. But instead of pushing ourselves into a zone of discomfort, of creating a change, of calling up a friend and saying, hey, look, I know things are shut, but let's grab a coffee to go and go for a walk. It's easier to call it self-care and to indulge in that isolation, to indulge in that passivity and to stay in that comfort zone and to sink deeper and deeper into the hole. So that's something that is incredibly dangerous and I really, really encourage you to have a genuine hard look at what you're calling self-care and asking yourself, is it just staying in my comfort zone or is this actually something that is doing me good not only in the short term but also in the long term? Another area in which I think self-care can be misused is this idea that it can solve a bad day. And what I mean by that is if you're having a bad day that has really sunk you into a place of low confidence, so let's say you got some really harsh feedback at work, you're starting to feel really bad about yourself, or maybe you're just having a bad body image day, you're not feeling good in your skin, and you're questioning yourself a lot, or maybe somebody you've been texting with has ghosted you and it's making you question yourself, it's very easy to say we're going to treat ourselves in those instances. I'm going to treat myself to some self-care and have dessert in bed and watch a nice episode, but I still have yet to find someone who has ever said that binge-watching TV has solved a bad day, or that binge-eating chocolate has solved a bad day. In reality, when a bad day is really brought about with some feeling of low confidence, indulging in what we think is self-care but is often instant gratification actually just brings our confidence lower. And the reason that is is because the narrative in our mind is, I need to be taken care of, I need something nice to make me feel better, We're essentially almost belittling ourselves a little bit and giving ourselves a nice moment that does not make us feel any better about ourselves because we know in the back of our mind that we are indulging in instant gratification. We know in the back of our mind that this is not solving the problem at hand. And this is why sometimes doing hard things is the answer. Doing hard things is what can really increase our confidence. And I don't mean this in a being very hard on yourself kind of way. It's more about switching that narrative from I'm feeling bad about myself. I need to give myself a pat on the back and make things better. And more, you know what? I'm feeling bad about myself, but I'm still strong. I can still do it. It's changing that narrative from I suck, therefore dessert will help me, and more towards I didn't do well during my work presentation, but it doesn't mean that I suck. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I'm going to prove it to myself by doing something hard. Maybe I'm going to pull out my taxes and actually file them. Maybe I'm going to finally call up my medical insurance and deal with this lingering issue that's been going on for the past weeks or realistically the past months. And the truth is, that's what makes us feel better. I really encourage you to ask yourself, how do you feel after binge-watching an entire season of Love Island as compared to how do you feel after having finally filed your taxes? Which one makes you feel 
better about yourself. So I really think that's something to take into consideration. What are the things that will actually increase our confidence and make us feel better about ourselves? And you know what? Maybe actually facing that admin you've been pushing back, maybe that's self-care. Maybe that's what will actually do you good. If we take the definition of self-care as putting your own well-being first, maybe that's what you need for your mental well-being, is to face the things that you are avoiding, to do the hard thing. One last danger of this self-care movement that I really wanted to touch on is that we sometimes think it's the solution to everything. But as I said before, if you are in a time of complete chaos and your life feels incredibly chaotic, then having a self-care routine can bring in more order, can bring in more structure, and can give you something to hold on to. But if you've heard me talk about the concept of the chaos order balance before, then you know the idea that order isn't good and chaos is bad. What's important is having a mix of the two. So if you are currently too much on the side of order and your life is incredibly repetitive, is slightly boring, maybe you're feeling a bit lethargic, you're feeling demotivated, it's the same thing every day and you're stuck in a routine that is not exciting, that doesn't feel fulfilling and isn't driving you forward, then maybe a self-care routine is not actually what you need. Maybe what self-care actually looks like for you is throwing yourself into the unknown is finding an online course to learn something completely new, is, I don't know, ordering a ukulele on the internet and trying to learn a new instrument. Maybe it's reaching out to somebody you haven't spoken to in years and saying, hey, you know what, let's catch up. It's doing something different that puts you out of your comfort zone and brings you a little bit into the world of chaos because we need the balance of the two. So after having looked at the positives and the dangers of the self-care movement in general, or what we tend to call self-care, what I want to leave you with is a few reflection questions to ask yourself whenever you find yourself touching into this world of self-care, telling yourself, you know what, I'm going to cancel my plans this evening and I'm going to have a little self-care time. And the questions I want you to ask yourself is, first of all, what does self-care actually mean for me in this moment? So that's the first question. What does self-care actually mean for me in this moment? The second one is, am I using self-care as an excuse to indulge in instant gratification? I know it's a tricky one. I know it's a bit of a no BS approach, but this is how I like to do it. It's a hard question, but I really recommend starting to ask yourself these more challenging questions. The second one is, is this moment of self-care encouraging me to grow or encouraging me to stay in my comfort zone? That is the third question. Is this self-care encouraging me to grow or is it encouraging me to stay in my comfort zone? And the fourth one is what will truly do me good? What will truly do me good? And I genuinely believe that we have the answers inside of us. It is the absolute basis of all the coaching that I do. It's knowing that we always have the answers inside of us. 
and ultimately self-care is important and we need to be practicing self-care daily but we need to make sure that what we understand about self-care is not driving us into a hole of instant gratification comfort zones self-isolation and passivity what we need is self-care to be bringing us to a place of growth of health of mental well-being of balance of fulfillment of happiness and everything else so make sure you ask yourself those questions every time you start touching into your self-care routine and i wanted to end by touching on one last point i had a client that i finished working with relatively recently and we made some incredible strides in how she was viewing her work and her obligations and her confidence and when rereading her testimonial she actually said word for word Victoria has been invaluable in teaching me the importance of self-care. And what was so interesting about reading those words is that we actually brought her from a place of victimhood to a place of incredible self-responsibility, where she was no longer feeling like a victim in the workplace. She was no longer feeling like a victim of her own thoughts, her own actions, but was actually taking charge, taking control, and really being fully self-responsible for everything that was going on in her life but she still felt like that was the true self-care in the past indulging in this position of the victimhood felt like self-care but it wasn't actually serving her what served her was the opposite was taking that responsibility taking that charge and increasing that sense of agency over her life and ultimately increasing her confidence as a result So I hope that that was interesting. I hope that it gave you a slightly different spin on the self-care world, the self-care movement, maybe made you think about things in a slightly different way. I would really, as usual, love to hear your feedback. And if you are looking to go further into this world of self-reflection, of understanding what does balance look like for you? How else can you increase your confidence? How can you find yourself in a position of agency over your life? How can you manage your emotions in order to make the most of any situation you are faced with? then I really recommend you check out my new self-mastery solution program where I'm actually taking in a third cohort starting at the end of September and registration is now open. So I'll have a little link in the description of this episode. I recommend you send me a message. Let me know you're interested. I'll give you all the details and you can already start to save your spot because they are going to fill up really quick. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this episode, guys, and I'll see you next week for a brand new one.